Welcome to CannaCon Radio, where the cannabis industry talks business. You guys can hear us everywhere you find podcasts, iTunes, SoundCloud, even Spotify. We really want to hear from you. So please like, subscribe, comment. You can also find us on our social media. Easiest way to do that is to hit us up on our website at canacon.org. There you're going to see links to Facebook, to Twitter, to Instagram. So we want to hear from you. Let's get to the show. Oklahoma City. I am here with Ian from Scissor Tail Labs. What's up, Ian? How's it going? What do you guys do? What's, what is Scissor Tail Labs? So what we are is we are a cannabis testing lab. We test In the state of Oklahoma? In the state of Oklahoma. Okay, so I got some questions for you. All right, let's hear it. How in the <laughs> f- are you going to test every single gram of cannabis? Like, is that actually realistic? Uh, in my opinion, it is not. Um, I think what I see is I see... Interesting. We've had two other labs that said, yes, absolutely. Well, wait. I, I, hey, hey. I wanted to disagree with them, but I didn't want to be feel like I was being a, a rude host, and so I just <laughs> let them talk. But in my head, I was thinking, no way. So look, I worked in California. You, we all, you know, we, we recognize what happened at least when it, when it went recreational. You used a great word. Use it again, please. What what it, what was California when they went rec? Cluster. F- and uh, and I the unfortunate thing is is. And I is, love California. It's my home state. And, and I think the truth of the matter is, is that the, one of the mistakes that California made is they they had so much product. They had so much so much stuff that the state required be tested before it could go on to get onto the shelves to be to be sold. That there was a there was all of this product and they were just trying to ram it through this tiny little fun, this little funnel. And I think it's like traffic in America. Yep. And I think we run the risk of, you know, not every gram is going to be able to be tested. It's just not going to happen. I think the legislature needs to to kind of recognize that and realize that they're going to have to to, to kind of phase things in slowly. They're going to have to allow labs to be able to up capacity. Do you have enough equipment? Are there even enough labs? Uh, in my opinion, um, I don't the, think that there are. Are there five? I think there's, there's at least three that I know of that are operational. Okay. There's probably about, I've been telling people there's probably about seven. You get out on the internet, there's probably about seven. Okay. And but there's there's very few that are actually taking samples and and, and testing things as of yet. And so I. So I, how does that look? I mean, because I talked to the guy that wrote the law, and he feels the exact. He feels like it's gonna happen. Like 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 it, it'll work. And, and fast and fast labs, who was a great interview and was really smart. Yeah. Like he, he feels like it might work, but then. Uh, some other people that we talked to feel like there's enough labs and they don't have enough equipment. Well, you know, I just talked so there's to... there's a lot of differences and you guys are all in this state. We're all in this state. Yeah, we're all in this state. And we kind of come from, I guess I'm a little bit more of a, of a realist. You know, and I worked in production chemistry for 22 years. Okay. I, I know what... When I was in New Mexico, we were one of the biggest labs, if not the biggest private lab in the state, you know, next to the state lab. And I mean, we had a, we could handle a good capacity of stuff. However, in environmental eh, people, they can wait for their, their results a little bit longer than, than others. In this, in cannabis, people want their results, as they say, yesterday. Well, we have to have it or we can't sell it. That's right. Like I, I need to be able to give you what is it a grant it, 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 what's this what's the laws here do they have to test 10 grams per 
for strain? I mean, what it, do you know what it is? So right now it's um, they're saying per strain. Yeah. They are defining a batch as about ten pounds. Okay. One, one of the things I do have to say this is one of the things that that the legislature That's has a pretty not big batch. Done. Yeah, it's a pretty big batch. It's a pretty big batch. But the one thing that, that that the legislature has not done is they haven't given us a lot of guidance, and they haven't given. They it's haven't hard given, to give you guidance when they're when they don't know what to do. That's right. That's exactly it. They say, okay. We know we need to test, but how the heck do we get that done? That's right. And what what exactly do we test for? Well, we want you to test for these classes of pesticides. So you're telling me that you want me to test for 250 pesticides, or do you want me to test for 60, 90, 100? What is it? And, and be a little bit more specific and tell me exactly, well, what kind of detection limits do you need me to report to? In other words, what kind of equipment do I need to purchase and have on site? to be able to meet the requirements that you're looking for. And then what about these rumors that we hear where growers are, are growing in old chicken factories and they're finding <laughs> E. coli in the cannabis? Are you testing for that? Are you supposed to test for that? Like, is that fucking real? Yeah, that, that is real. That's absolutely That's real. Disgusting. Yeah, it is disgusting. In fact, I, I, I did a talk yesterday and- uh, Oh, a, a seminar? Yeah, I did a seminar was it well Was it well attended? It was pretty well attended. Good. I think people were still trying to get in. Yeah. Yeah, you know, but you know, because I was first thing in the morning. Yeah, that's always tough for yeah. in the morning. Yeah, but that's you know, tough. it was okay. I was nervous as as balls, so you know. Y- you know, normally, um, <clears throat> if you come back, we won't throw you on first. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah, just I mean, remember just, my name just, and put just me to second remember, third yeah, job today. Yeah, so, well, uh, how, but, how, but one of the anecdotes that I talked about in my in my talk was this. You know, my my daughter was helping me out in the lab, and uh, and she was you know going through Reddit kind of just looking at stuff and uh and she said she's saying well gosh you know in in spain in madrid they were saying something oh, like 85 percent like, of hash and 90 percent of street weed had yes human feces yep and i thought what really i'm gonna be an alcoholic in spain <laughs> <laughs> of course anecdote and thankfully you know in in the u.s even you know even in markets where it's you know medical or even in the black market it's you know, we don't we don't see that as much it's still there but we don't see it as much i don't i think but um, you know, you're not trying to smuggle things in your no colon or so, anything. Your lab, how many how how many tests can you do a day? How many tests can you do in a month? How many growers are you going to be able to supply personally with um, with testing? So I would say we could probably do about a hundred samples a day. Okay, and that's running twenty four seven. And do you run twenty four seven? We do not. Okay, so you're doing not. 50 samples a day then? Um, Are you going to start running 24/7? Does that does that require hiring more staff? Hiring more staff, okay. getting more people on the on uh, getting more instrumentation, being able to increase throughput. I mean, it's I mean, 50 samples a day if if our labs bigger than you? Yeah, there's labs that are bigger. Mm-hmm. Are there are, are there labs that can do a thousand samples a day? I don't think that there are. I do know of one lab that's not open that's that's that I don't know if they have the capacity to do a thousand a day, but they have a, a, a larger capacity. I'm a, I'm a small startup. I'm a small okay. startup lab. Before we go, it's funny to me that people care about THC percentages compared to caring about terpene percentages. This isn't the 90s anymore. No. Like, we should be smarter as consumers. Well, and I think right now, I will tell you this, in this state, we're back in the 90s. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and I know. and so, I mean, everybody's looking for that, that high THC. Because it's easy to sell it. That's right. But you know what? I fast forward say six eight months from now when as as consumers become more educated as they as they request hey you know i, I heard about humulene and, and i've heard about caryophylline and yeah. i've heard about these different terpenes yeah. and i and i've and i know what 
what they impart. Show me some strains that have that in there. Oh, yeah, and, and, I didn't and, test for that. <laughs> I will real quick, and I, what gives me tons of hope is all the business owners get it. Yeah, and and once the business owners get it, the consumers will get it. Yeah, you know they will. Yeah, they will. Ian, again, thank you very much for coming on. Absolutely, Canacon Radio, everyone. Peace. I'm here in OKC with Mark from Growlight. What's up, Mark? How you doing? Dude, it has been a crazy morning. It's been nice. Nice seeing the line. Nice seeing a lot of people getting ready to come in and get get some knowledge. So how does that make you feel as a vendor seeing this insane line? Like It actually reminds me a little bit of the old days, um, you know, 10 years ago with, with the industry, seeing seeing lines that long coming into shows. It's exciting. You remember like Hemp Fest lines back in the day? They were literally like a like four five hours long I, I i remember the old max yield shows in san francisco down at the at, at the at the old uh, wharf i think it was it was you know the, the lines were miles long and this is kind of reminding me of that yeah you, you know it's funny uh 2014 max and yield had a show in tacoma and we went to it and we got every single card from every single business owner because we had this idea to, to do canacon and we heard about maximum yield and uh we talked to every single exhibitor who had great booths but they couldn't talk about cannabis. Yeah. They couldn't sell their so product at now. the show yeah. at all. And so we were like, okay, why are there no people here, right? And then we realized that they weren't marketing really anymore. And that was kind of when Maximum Yield had been done. But they were the king for a long time. We, we did that show. We grabbed every card from there. We threw it on my dad's big table in his basement. We hired a couple dudes. And that's how Canacon started. 150 boosts later, Tacoma show three months later, and that was it, man. And yeah, we were rolling it's, it's ever since. It's off the chain right now. I mean, it's it's. I mean, there's a bunch of people in front of us, and uh, there's a lot of boosts in there, so it's, it's good stuff. So, what's Grow Light? You guys an LED company? Are you? I mean, I know what you are, but you know, what do you guys do? Sure. So, Grow Light is a a full service lighting provider. Uh, we provide HID lighting solutions. We provide LED lighting solutions. Um, there's not a whole lot of companies out there that are, that are doing both. No, there's not. Um, you know, most of the LED guys are just focused on doing LED. Um, a lot of the HID guys are kind of stuck in that past. And and we kind of look at it from a position of saying, hey, you know, there's a lot of growers out there that are doing a lot of different things. There's, there's guys that are kind of integrating both technologies together in yeah. the same room. Um, you know, different stages of plant growth require different kinds of light and different intensities. So... I, I think it's 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 kind of arrogant to think that you can only offer one type of technology uh, versus you know offering a, a you know many different you know, solutions. Uh, everybody's different. There's no one right way to grow. Agree. Uh, and people I, I, still kill it with gavitas, right? Like, I've like, seen like, guys. Let's front. I've seen guys growing it, and I I would never do this, but I've seen guys have great grows with induction lights, and they're happy. Now, how I don't know. I don't either. <laughs> but they grow hey, great veg plants. As long as they're happy, you know, that's what's important is the grower feels that he's doing the right thing, then then great. If we can provide, you know, an increase in their yield or their 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 production or their quali quality of product, then, you know, that's why we're here. So we, we look at it from a standpoint of, of not only being able to offer multiple different technologies, but also, you know, being able to improve the grower's ability to get what they want sure. out of the grow. LEDs are a little different of an animal, though. Like, everyone's used to growing with single-ended HPS. Maybe they've stepped up to double-ended with, like, Gavita or somebody or a competitor of Gavita, which in these sorts of states where they're medical states, it's substantially different and a lot more antiquated technology. Like in Washington, where everyone's on their game. 
why do people need LED lights instead of just staying with old school vented hoods and HPS bulbs with no, glass? I think that's a great question. I think a lot of the a lot of why people are looking at LED is a lot of the hype. The lighting industry in general, the the government is really pushing LED technology. What do you mean uh, by the government's pushing it? Uh, they want to reduce energy consumption. Uh, there's a lot of rebates that are being put out um, by uh, energy companies, and, and it's basically being funded by the government to, to reduce energy uh, consumption. So if I buy an LED light, they're going to kick, like kind of like if I buy an electric car, they're going to be money back at the end of the year. Yeah, so you can go out and um, you, can, you can get with like an ESCO company, and they can work with you to get rebates on your LED lighting. Uh, so that's that's what's you know helping drive a lot of the sales of LED technology and, and a lot of the development too, uh, because it is being something that's 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 somewhat being forced down everybody's throats. Uh, is it a good thing? Absolutely. Can it grow? Absolutely. But it's not the here all and be all. You know, um, there's there's a lot of um, challenges to moving from HID growing and then jumping into LED. It, the environment changes. Uh, you have to understand that you're, the, the way you're dealing with heat is very different. It's way different. It's, uh, the, you're still getting the same amount of heat. It's just going in a different direction. You know, LED heat is going to be protrude, you know, you know, thrown up you know, from, the, from the drivers right. as opposed to HID thrown down to the plants. You know, I, I grew with a 12 grow light many years. It's been well documented on this show. We switched to a 12-room LED system, my last two grows. And what was very interesting was I had to put space heaters in my room because it just they did not produce enough heat. And then what we also learned, and this might this just might have been that light, was you really have to grow within the footprint of that light because it's just the intensity is not there when you get over a three by three or over a four by four. And, and you can really kind of fudge factor that a little bit better with the double ended HPS. And this might've just been old antiquated LED technology. Is that still kind of, yeah, I, I that would still kind of hold true. I would say that, you know, LEDs five years ago um, were very different and, and, and very poor. A lot of the LEDs that were in the market about five, six years ago, I had a lot of failures. You had drivers failing. You had chips failing. Um, there, there's a lot of inherent issues. They've come a long way. You know, now I think there's there's you've got companies that are that are producing um, better quality products, and they are producing better quality grows. You know, they are be, uh, able to make people happy on the grow side, um, but it still doesn't, like you said, doesn't necessarily have the intensities yet. Um, when people are looking at PPF values and PPFD values, those those levels can can very closely uh, get to where double ended is at. But those when you start talking about PPF and PPFD, uh, that is not the whole story with a grow light. Uh, there's inherent energies outside of that par range that are not being counted um, in that par range, and those th those energy levels outside of the 400 to 700 they do help grow and they do have uh, benefits to grow. And when you look at those measurements and those metrics, they exclude that. So it's hard to get a true understanding of what an LED light can do if you're just looking at a PPFD value. I think they exclude it because it's, it's irrelevant if you're not growing with LEDs. In the, in the sense of sometimes too much information is too much information. Well, I, I agree with you there. A lot of a lot of people <laughs> like to get down in the weeds, but I, I will say, 
um, the energy is so if you go down below 400, you got UV light. Um, UV light provides a lot of benefits for cannabis. Um, yes, it does. There's, there's, it, it, uh, California Lightworks really kind of brought that to the forefront, I believe, a few years ago anyway. With, I, I don't want to say they were the first because you can correct me if I'm wrong, but they were one of the first I remember that actually had a UV switch where you could just flip on the UV and turn off everything else, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, it's it's interesting technology. And I, I, I don't know what they had, but I, I know from um, – you know, I know from a standpoint that UV is, is tricky because too much is, is damaging, too little is not enough, and then you you got to find the right sweet spot. Yeah. Um, LEDs are tough to provide UV light because the UV chips do not last near as long as the regular chips. So if you're buying a if you're buying a um, an LED fixture that's that's touting UV in there, you better understand what the life rating is of those UV chips sure. because they're they're typically half of what regular white chips are and you know they're going to go out a lot sooner and if you have any optics over those chips uh you're going to use the uv you're going to lose that uv light do you smoke from my perspective it doesn't matter because you know we're t we're what we do is specifically look at the plants and how they react to light so we're you know on on the science side in so terms it's a science of, right okay yeah, in terms of photosynthesis sure. and and how you can increase the quality and all that stuff. I mean, that's where we focus, uh, and that's kind of what we are, are inherently aware of. Um, the smoking aspect, I think, could help, um, but it, it, that's down the line. Of, you know, that's after processing. That's after drying and all that stuff. You know, we're strictly focused on the grow side, or at least I am anyway. And, um, you know, I, I think from my perspective, I mean, that's where I get my joy out of this industry is, is being able to help the growers and say, look, you know, I can help you increase your trichome production. I can help you increase your yield. Um, I can help you with, you know, understanding, you know, how important it is to replace your your HID lights on a consistent basis. Right. Um, so right. those there, there's a lot of things in the lighting side. I, I, you know, one of the biggest things that I come across uh, where I where I feel we're a big help is just getting people to understand that once you put the lights up you have to maintain them. A lot of people put their lights up and it's a big process. You go through a lot of decision-making when getting those lights, but a lot of people forget about them once they're up and it's all about, you know, pH levels and, and infest, you know, management and, sure. and all that stuff. But the lighting is truly one of the most important things in the grow room. And it's highly overlooked once it's installed in the ceiling. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think you've ever once heard a grower talk about maintaining their, like yeah. that, that's not, you don't think about that. And, I mean, you it, don't think about cleaning the glass. You don't think about, you don't think about anything other than, well, I hope they don't fail. Yeah, I mean, you really have to have a consistent lighting replacement schedule. If you're using HID, HPS lights have to be replaced every three months. Light. We I we mean, know that maybe six if you're lucky, but they're losing they're losing par after three months, and that's just all there is to it. Well, they're losing depends, intensity. It depends period. on the technology that you're using. If you're using double-ended lamps, you know, you're you're a year to eighteen months. 16, 18 months is, is, is pretty consistent with wanting to replace those lamps. If you're using single-ended HPS lamps, it's anywhere between three and eight months. Three and eight months, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I usually, you know, I would tell my growers, like, hey, look, six to eight months at the earliest. You could go a year. You could go a year. We tried it a year. You know, honestly, though, with double-ended, I, I grew with them for three years. I grew with Covitas for three years. They, you start seeing a difference in production after about 10 months. You, you well, just do. The thing you got to understand about double-ended technology is when when double-ended first came into the market, 
um, they were very high in terms of performance and in terms of intensity. And they have since gone down because um, there were some issues with double-ended lamps that um, it's, it, I don't want to get too far down in the weeds, but yeah. you know the, the the internal pressures inside were too high and it was causing lamps to burst. And yeah, they were blowing up. It had a lot to do with the, the ballast and the, the combination between the two. So um, they actually reduced the, a lot of the companies reduced the internal pressures inside there to allow that. And that inherently changes the intensity. So, um, but the, it's a good technology still. It still works great. Another thing that you really have to look at, a lot of people are looking at LEDs as an energy saver. Um, don't forget, you know, you got these high wattage LED systems that are at 600, 700 watts. There's still 315 watt ceramic metal halide out there that provides a fantastic spectrum, and it's very low energy. So if you want to look at energy Another savings, cheap. yeah, it's cheap, it's affordable, and it does a fantastic job of growing plants because of the quality of the spectrum. Um, and it's very hard for LEDs to match that because the, you can actually do that with LED. You can build that spectrum to match it precisely, but the more the more broad you make that spectrum the more expensive those 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 systems are going to yeah become. those phillips bulbs are they rock i mean that's just you know those metal ceramic highlight bulbs are great uh mark thank you very much for coming on man really appreciate it and i i mean with this line i know you probably need to get back there and start talking to people so thank you very much and uh, yeah canacon radio peace out everybody thanks Good morning, OKC, day two at Canacon. It's still crazy out here. Still flying solo, no John today, but I do have Steven with me from Red River Farms. What's up, dude? What's going on, man? So, what? how was your day one? What were you, What were your expectations? Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, so day one was awesome. It was actually um, exceeded my expectations. It was pretty damn crowded here yesterday, wasn't it? <laughs> Yesterday, yeah. we, yesterday was busy. Yeah, yesterday I, was pretty. Yeah, rad. I think we yeah. left here. All the entire team was like, there was more people there than we thought was going to be there. As a show promoter, which is this is my show, you want as many people as you can get through the doors. Right. But I felt so bad for those people in the very back <laughs> of that <laughs> line yesterday. <laughs> I mean, good lord! But I I know why they call this the friendliest state in the country. Right. Because even if they were pissed off, right, nine you, out of ten know, of them dude. were not saying a word. <laughs> So what is Red River Farms all about? Uh, Red River Farms, we're a pre premium indoor cannabis cultivator. Um, so where, where we're at right now, everything, uh, all of our product, um, exotic strains that, you know, hard to find. That I'm always looking for strains from breeders like Mike with exotic genetics. I like running his gear. It's awesome. I okay. run I run symbiotic stuff, okay. uh, Mike stuff, I, any any good strains that I a lot of terpene content, um, higher THC levels. So are you guys, are, are you just growing? Are you processing? Are you, do you have a storefront? Because I know you can do vertical integration here. Right, right. So as of right now, our, our first phase was all the indoor grow, right? Okay. So then as, as we start to go vertical, then we add the processing later on the dispensaries after that. So how many square feet are you growing in? 17,500 square feet. All right. So walk me through this. Like, like give us a, an idea of what your facility looks like. Okay. So it's all Gavitas, right? Okay. Um, all rolling benches, um, okay. all all grown in co cocoa water okay. water cocoa four yep. times a day. Do you just have one room? Do you have a lot of different we have rooms? Multiple rooms. Okay. There's five five of our large rooms. One small room, genetics testing room, then a mother right. room and clone room. Yes. Okay. Are you running CO two? Are you running? Yes, we, we are. We are are running CO two. Um, what kind of nutrients are you using? Veg plus bloom. 
Here's some Veg Plus Bloom, mm-hmm. another one of our vendors. Yes. That's awesome. Yes. And how are you dealing? Like, have you ran into, well, first off, is this, are you new to this? Did you come from, I've, did, did I've been you growing, come from somewhere else growing? Like, I've, I've been growing for 15 years. A okay. uh, business partner of mine is 25 year cultivator. He okay. was, he's actually my mentor okay. um, in this, in this industry. He comes from LA originally. How has it went from your old growing, right, which was I'm assuming a lot less than seventeen thousand five hundred square right. feet, to running a real life grow, um, like like a like that's a big. I mean, what are you talking? Two hundred, two hundred gavitas, three hundred gavitas, five hundred, five hundred, and <laughs> that's that's big. Like you're, ta- I mean, yeah, that's twenty thousand plants. Yeah, plus, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, if you're rocking four plants per light, that's twenty five. That's twenty three thousand plants. Yes, yes, yeah. No, it's actually been a pretty easy transition, actually. Um, with everything automated, yeah, it, make, it helps yeah. a lot. You know, as I see other growers and they ask, "How are you doing?" It's like, man, you're hand watering. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know what so, I mean? So you got everything automated. Everything's automated. So are you? Are your your nutrients are automated? Yes. Your obviously your light cycles automated. Obviously right. your CO2 is automated. Um, right. Are you are you trellising? Yes, double okay. trellis. Double trellis. So mm-hmm. there's who are you using for HVAC? For HVAC, yeah, actually a local one of a local AC guys from around us. He put in a, the HVAC systems. And so there's local cats that are doing that. Yes. How has selling your product gone mm-hmm. so far? We because were that's actually, yeah, know, that's it, obviously how, how many actually, stores are you in? We we are actually coming our first harvest. I'm actually chopping tomorrow. Oh, okay. Oh we shit. Went, I waited a day because of Canicon, right? Okay. So got my first harvest tomorrow. So you got a lot of work ahead of you. Yes, yes, yes. The work Explain to people what is that detail? I mean, you got to chop yeah. plants down, but People don't understand. You gotta chop those trellises down first, right? right? So like, right. yeah, give, yeah, give, exactly. give an expiring grower an idea of what you're gonna go through for the next two weeks. Yeah, I mean, the <laughs> next two weeks is gonna be a lot of cutting trellis out of the way to be able to get branches out. Um, a lot of hanging stuff, making sure everything's still tracked right. You don't, you don't get stuff mixed up for you know seed to sell tracking. Right, right. Because if you God, I never had to go through that start stuff. Taking it out. Sure. Where did the plant come from? Right. Right. So, um, you know, you, you and got are you guys wet trimming a little bit? And no wet trimming. No wet no, trimming. We don't. At all. No, and no machine trimming. Everything we're doing is hand. You're hand trimming still. Yes. I'm gonna give you a tiny bit of advice on right. that, and you can take this for what it's worth. No one, once you get to a certain point. Right. In in this whole thing. But when your state and you'll do this, when right. you go legal. Right. Uh, eventually, you might want to look at some. Maybe right. you want to do both. Maybe you right. want to offer hand trimmed cannabis. Right. And then maybe for because you will save a tremendous amount of. Money. Ex- yes. You yes. Exactly. Know, you've been growing 15 years. I'm not fucking yes. telling you something you don't already know. <laughs> right. And I, I never once used a trimmer, but I also never once had a 17,500 square foot facility right. with 2,400 plants and. Do you have, how does this go? Do you have a salesperson that's going to go to stores and, and pitch your product? Is that you? Correct. Correct. No, it's not, it's not me. Okay. I, I'm, okay. I'm at the facility. I okay. don't, you know, my, my, my job is to take care of the plants, but yes, we do have a team of salespeople over at our booth right now. I've had four or five salespeople. Over okay. Here. Um, you know, as the dispensaries are coming by, they're talking to them and then Good. if they need any specific questions answered about a certain strain we're running or whatever, then, I'll, you know, I'm there to talk to them. So last question, then I'll let you go because okay. I know you need to get back. Well, who are you talking to? to are, are you talking to consumers, like, or are you more talking to just dispensaries that are that are wanting to carry your product? Well, I mean, yeah, every every dispensary. I mean, I'm talking to every single dispensary that stops by our booth. Right. You know, so, so is that a lot of them that stop and buy your booth? Is that who there, you're? There's quite, I think yesterday we probably had, I would guess, by business cards, a hundred dispensaries stopped by yesterday. That's awesome. Yeah. And have you talked to also just a lot of consumers wanting to know what you guys do? 
yeah, yeah. And, and growers coming by asking advice on how to do different things and everything else. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm not one to, to try to keep knowledge to myself, honestly. So. That's never been this community. Not at that, all. That's, Ever. that's never been this community. Uh, but, you know, it, 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 where that does stop is oil making. Right. A lot of guys keep that secret, especially yeah. when it comes to hash. Yeah. Um, but never when it comes to growing, right? Right. Well, you know what, Stephen, thank you very thank much you. for coming in. I really appreciate, I appreciate it. it. Uh, I know you got to get back. So, yeah, can I come right here? One piece. You've been listening to Canacon Radio, where the cannabis industry talks business. Please don't forget that you can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, everywhere else you find podcasts. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and comment. You guys know the drill. You can also find us on our social media. Remember, the easiest way to do that is to hit us on our website, canacon.org. Links are at the bottom, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We really want to hear from you, so please like, subscribe, comment. Until next time, peace. Peace.